the Reynolds Aluminum Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Company, makers of Reynolds Aluminum, presents Fibber McGee and Molly, transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Dick Legrand, Gil Stratton Jr., and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler, and directed by Max Hutto, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Whatever needs brightening and protecting around your home, farm, or industrial buildings, you'll find the best and brightest protector is liquid aluminum. You just brush or spray on liquid aluminum like any paint, but the result is unique. It's like a coat of real metal, a shining armor of rust-proof aluminum. Brighten your basement with liquid aluminum. Paint the pipes, ducts, furnace, and water pump so they resist rust. Put a protecting coat of liquid aluminum on your window screens, gutters, garden tools, fences. Sparkle up your kitchen, too. Make dark cupboards gleam with a surface that's easy to clean. For one coat, low-cost protection for rustable metal or composition roofs. Use liquid aluminum roof coating. Your roof will last much longer, and it will reflect heat, too, reducing inside summer temperatures as much as 15 degrees. Look for the gleaming liquid aluminum label at your paint dealers. Most leading brands are manufactured with Reynolds aluminum pigment. During 1953, science and industry are expected to take great strides forward. Literature, however, is about to be set back a few hundred years. Because look who's planning to write a book. As we join Scribbler McGee and Molly. And this new book of mine that I'm going to start writing tonight, kiddo, will split this town open like a dropped watermelon. Sounds a little seedy to me. <laughs> It'll be sensational, but see, I'm calling this epic of mine Inside Wistful Vista. Going to be a gossip book. Bestseller. Gossip. All the inside dope on who's doing what that they hadn't ought to do and not telling anybody. <laughs> Fibber McGee tells all. Now, McGee, that's not a very nice I'm going to give my readers all the lowdown on all the high-ups in town. Stuff like, why did old man McDonald of the Third National Bank give a certain bank examiner a new yacht for Christmas? Did he do that? I don't know, but I'll find out. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that sells books. You write a book about Napoleon, for instance, saying what a great guy he was, and you won't make a dime. Yeah, but even so... But you'll make a million bucks if you write one that says he always kept his hand inside his coat so he could scratch the place where he was stuck with a pickle fork by the wife of an Italian duke he got gay with at a spaghetti dinner. <laughs> I think you just put your finger on an important literary principle, dear. You betcha. My inside Wistful Vista will be a literary masterpiece. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Take its place with them other great classics like the Rover Boys in the State Department. <laughs> and the Five Little Peppers and how they goofed off. I don't know, that's pretty fast company, dearie. Just uh, how do you go about getting material for this, uh, this thing? Hmm. Don't worry, I got a gimmick, kiddo. The whole town is busy gathering gossip for me right now. Oh? Yes, sir. I put an ad in the paper. Put it in yesterday. It'll get me all the dope on everybody. An ad? Yeah, yesterday's Gazette. 
Here, read it. There, right there. Do you know any stuff about local people that's too hot for the newspapers to print? Yeah. Send it to Box 77. That's right. Gossip, rumors, snide remarks, gratefully received. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly day. That's what will write my bestseller for me, Tootsie. Everybody will send in stories about everybody else. All I got to do is copy them down, publish them, and get famous. Or get killed. <laughs> Don't you worry. You'll share my fame, too. After my book comes out, why, every time you leave the house, people will point at you and say, Ah, there's the guy that wrote Inside Whistle Vista's Wife. And I have news for you, sweetheart. If your book comes out, I won't leave the house at all. <laughs> Are you kidding, Molly? Why, this will be the biggest thing since... Now, this might be somebody with a hot yarn right now. Come in. Oh, it's the old timer. Oh. Come in. Hello there, kids. Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. What's new? I'll tell you what's new, boy. You're the first to hear this. I am about to become an author. Oh, isn't that exciting? I just love authors, Johnny. Good. Used to play authors all the time when I was just a kid. Well, now, wait a minute. I'm on a hot game we had one night where Papa was holding two Longfellows and a pair of Rudy Kiplings. Well, uh... And I had Louisa May Alcott's back-to-back. <laughs> Papa shuffled and dealt again and... Okay, old... okay, okay. That's fascinating stuff, but that ain't what I'm interested in. I'm going to write a book, see? A gossip book. I'm calling it Inside Wistful Vista. Well, now, that sounds real cozy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might know some hot gossip, old-timer. Inside stuff about things people did that they hadn't ought to done. Well, Johnny, you came to the right party. Good. I can give you enough low-down, dirty stuff about Clarence Grigsby to fill the encyclo and run over into the pedia. <laughs> Who's that Clarence Grigsby? That's right, daughter. They had not a doingest fellow that ever done it. Okay, let's have the dope. I'll take it down. I'll take it down. Well, Clarence started his career peddling real estate. Peddling real estate. Used to tie wax fruit on scrub oak trees and sell the land for an orchard. That's the kind of stuff I want. Let me write that down. How many G's in Grigsby? Well, I ain't sure, Johnny, but we can check by looking at his tombstone. <laughs> tombstone? Mr. Grigsby's dead? Well, if he ain't, he's been mighty quiet since 1937. <laughs> My gosh, old-timer, this don't help me. Ain't you got any gossip about somebody that's alive? Now, let's see. I know some stuff about Jethro Dunn. Nope, he passed on in 31. Oh, for Pete's sake. Wait, I got some stuff on Luke Devine. Nope, went to glory in 29. <laughs> okay, keep trying. There's Hank McGrew. Nope, 22. I'm afraid you may as well give up, Mr. Oldtimer. <laughs> Does seem like I specialize in the cemetery set. <laughs> well, that's about all the news I got, son, unless you'd be interested in that rich country club president, old J. Pierpont Saxful. Oh, yes, he's the one who wears the expensive toupees, McGee. Yeah, what about him? What about him? You catch him stealing? No, he's been secretly trying a new hair restorer. Yeah? Been rubbing it into his scalp every day for a month. Just now, got results. Helped him, did it? Well, his head is still as bald as ever, but he's now got the hairiest hands in town. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and Veradero.
Are you still making notes for that uh, that alleged uh, book? Yeah, but I can really get going on it after I go downtown and collect the mail from my ad, Molly. Boy, I'll bet them letters give me more nasty gossip about people than anybody. Well, I wish you'd just forget the whole idea, McGee. Forget it? Why, Molly, when my inside whistle vista hits the stands, I'll be the toast of the town. Yes, I could just see them toasting you now. <laughs> by holding you over an open fire. Hmm. And if I can find a few sticks of kindling, I'll... Hold the kindling, kiddo, hold it. Come in. Good morning, Mrs. McGee, Mr. McGee. Good morning, Ed. Hi, Ed. You bring the stuff I ordered from the drugstore? Yes, sir. Two pounds of paper and a dozen pencils. Good. <laughs> Boy, you must be writing a book. That's just what I'm doing, writing a book. <laughs> Boy, you top me every time. <laughs> oh, he's a killer, Mrs. McGee. Yes. <laughs> your girlfriend, Ed, little Virginia. Virginia? Oh, we broke up weeks ago. She even returned the engagement ring I made for her. You made her an engagement ring? Out of the handle of the spoon I mixed my first ice cream soda with. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, when we first got engaged, we promised that if either of us ever met someone we cared for more, we'd tell the other one straight from the shoulder. Oh, did she meet someone? Four guys the first week. (laughs) Oh, dear. So I broke it up, just like that. Were you pretty hurt about it, Ed? Oh, the night she gave me my ring back, I was really fractured. I was a broken man. I just walked blindly down the street with a terrible feeling of emptiness inside. Where'd you walk to? The hot dog stand at 14th and Oak. (laughs) I walked blindly in there to do something about that feeling of emptiness. Yeah, well, there's nothing like a hot dog to take your mind off a cold romance. (laughs) Gee, fate does things in wonderful ways because there behind that counter was the girl of my dreams. Olivia. Olivia. So you have a new girl. Oh, yes, and this is it, Mrs. McGee. Olivia's wearing the engagement ring I made, and I'm wearing a sentimental token from her, a watch fob. Did Olivia make the watch fob? Yes, sir. From the skin of the first Frankfurter she ever broiled. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is real. Yeah, Olivia. So long. Well, I better unwrap this hot dog, or this paper, and sharpen the pencil. Oh, Dad, read it. I forgot something. What? I meant to tell Kramer to send me a pipe. Oh? All us literary men smoke pipes. Hand me the phone. I'll have to call. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Kramer's drugstore at the corner of 14th and... Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, How's every little thing, Mert? Seriously. What's that? Your uncle's living in a new place now. Below the Mexican border, eh? Her uncle moved to Mexico? No, he's still in the boarding house on Oak Street. He's got a new room under a boarder named Carlos Hernandez. (laughs) What's Amer? Okay. Line's busy. Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilkins. Hi, Junior. Say, you get around town a lot. You know any new gossip? Gossip? Yeah, I'm writing a book called Inside Whistle Vista. Going to be the hottest bunch of stories since the library fire. (laughs) You got any news I can use? Well, let's see. Uh, I could tell you about a couple down the street, the Browns. I know them Browns. Well, she left him last night. Oh, dear. Went home to her mother. Oh, no. That's the stuff I'm looking for, Junior. Give me the details. Well, she caught him doing something yesterday that he had promised her he would never do, you see. Yeah, what, Junior? What'd you catch him doing? What'd you catch him? Messing up her kitchen range. Oh? He was frying a skillet of bacon and spattering grease all over the stove. Oh, that is bad. Yeah, well, well, go on, go on, go on. Well, I happened in during the argument, yeah. and right away I saw the problem. Yeah? So I hauled out a roll of Reynolds Wrap, that pure aluminum foil that I had in my pocket. 
You carry that around in your pocket, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, sure, Molly. The first time I saw Reynolds' wrap, I made up my mind that I'd always carry a sample. Okay, okay, Junior. We know you're sample-minded. <laughs> Get on with your gory story. Okay. Well, sir, I showed the Browns how to keep a stove clean with Reynolds' wrap, the original and genuine, the pure aluminum foil. Yeah, but what that got to do with the... I told them how people with electric ranges line the reflector pans under the heating units with it. Just crimp it in place around the edges, and it catches grease and spills things and keeps them off the stove itself. So you don't have to scour your stove, you see? Yeah, but the wife, the wife... You the just wife. replace the Reynolds wrap when it gets soiled. Yeah, but the... Mrs. Brown has a gas range, mm. and there's just one large drip pan under all the burners. So I showed them how to take two sheets of Reynolds aluminum foil and double-fold the edges together and smooth it over the whole pan. Yeah, 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 but you said she went home, Junior. went home to her mother she went. That she did, that she did, pal. Good. When I got through telling her about Reynolds wrap, how you can get it in 25-foot rolls, and also in the big jumbo economy rolls, 75 feet long, she ran all the way home to her mother's house just to tell her about it. But she said she left her husband. Yes, sir. Left him out in the kitchen with a roll of Reynolds wrap just having himself a time. <laughs> I got a strange feeling I've been made use of. Ah, that Mr. Wilcox is a slick one, isn't he? Slippery as a family of eels and a tub of butter. Yes. You'll be sorry he didn't help me, though, when my book gets to be a bestseller. Hey, what time is it? About half past. Well, let's go downtown and get that mail. You get your hat and I'll get a basket to carry the letters in, because there must be a million of them by now, and we don't want them... Come in. Oh, good morning, Oli. Well, good morning, missus, and for you likewise, McGee. Hi, Oli. Hey, I got some big news today, boy. McGee, I tell you a hundred times, don't call me boy. Okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't a boy since I was a kid. Okay. If you enjoy calling somebody boy, I bring my little boy Sven over here. Okay. You can call him boy till it freezes over. All right, it won't happen again. Listen to the news, will you? I'm going to write a book. Oh, is that so? I wrote a magazine once. You wrote a magazine? Popular Mechanics. I wrote and say what happened to my subscription. That's <laughs> a yoke, McGee. Why aren't you laughing? <laughs> Just stubborn, I guess. <laughs> my book's called Inside Wistful Vista. It's full of gossip. You know any I could use? No, McGee, I ain't much for gossip. Oh, why not? Well, what do I care to know about so-and-so has been acting like a so-and-so? <laughs> I don't like the so-and-so anyhow. I think you're absolutely right, Owen. Well, I'm going to make gossip pay off. Pretty soon I'll be flashing five-dollar bills around, eating pot roast under glass, and keeping my cigars in a humidor. You know what a humidor is. Oh, sure. I was reading about the bull in Spain that was killed by a humidor yesterday. <laughs> No, no, no. That's a matador, Ollie. It is? Yeah. Well, anyway, the bull tried to eat a matador full of cigars that somebody dropped. It, it stuck in his throat and choked him. Well, that was a, that was a humidor, Ollie. McGee, you said it was a matador. No. I thought you meant matador. I said humidor. I was thinking about the guy who fights the bulls in Spain. Was you ever in Spain, McGee? Well, no, not personally. Then I... I was. I traveled there before the war. Okay, then what do you call the guy who gets in the ring with a bull and waves a red flag at him? A silly yakker. Oh. <laughs> what do you call him, a humidor? Oh. <laughs>
The King's Men and Blow the Man Down. Yo, hey, ho! There once was a skipper becalmed on the seas. Way, hey, blow the man down. Whistled all day but in vain for a breeze. Give me some time to blow the man down. Way, hey, blow the man down. Way, hey, blow the man down. Newspaper box is just busting with hot news for my book by now, Molly. Come on, let's hurry on down there. I'll walk as far as the Gazette office with you, and then I'll go to the grocery store and meet you back home. Okay. Boy, this will be the biggest expose I've handled since the time I caught the principal kissing Miss Fiditch in the third grade cloakroom and blew the whistle on him. <laughs> you mean you wrote a story about them? No, I snuck up behind them and blew a whistle out of a crackerjack box. <laughs> Miss Fiditch gave a scream like she'd sat on a blowtorch, and he turned her loose like her nose was on fire. <laughs> Boy, that was... A... Look who's coming down the street. Look who's coming down the street. Well, Mayor Latrivia. Hello there, Mr. Mayor. Well, good afternoon, Molly McGee. Hi, Latrivia. You seem to be in a good humor today, Mr. Mayor. What's new? Well, I've just come from a luncheon, Molly. The annual press club luncheon for the governor. Oh, annual, huh? That the one they have every year? <laughs> yes. The uh, the press boys do a little skit kidding our state politics every year, and this time they let me in on it. Oh? <laughs> Various reporters played the parts of politicians, and I took the role of the governor. Uh, wasn't he looking? <laughs> looking? The governor, when you grabbed his buns. 
Were they Parker House rolls or hot biscuits? Because hot biscuits... Oh, no, 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 not at all, no. I... I'm afraid you're not quite with me here, McGee. <laughs> I think you're going to turn out to be a biscuit snatcher. I'm not with you. No, sir, the city feeds you well, Mr. Mayor. You don't have to eat the governor's rolls when the poor no, man... No, no, just, just a moment, just a moment, please. Let's not get out of focus here. I did not eat the governor's rolls, is that clear? Oh, you just swiped them for laughs, huh, did you? No, 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 of course not. Oh. Look, I'm trying to tell you that in the little skit, the entertainment we had today, I was sort of the star. I took the, 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 the major role. Heavenly days. He swiped the major's rolls, too. No, no, no. Why, you could I be court-martial for that, Homer. Stealing bread from the military. Oh, stop it! This is ridiculous. There wasn't even a major there at all, do you understand? Oh, well, if the major didn't show up, you had as much right to eat his rolls as anybody else. Yeah, I, I know, no. Now, if you just listen to me for a minute, I'll explain this whole thing again. Shoot. We had a luncheon. Right. We had a little entertainment. Yes. During the entertainment, I played the governor. Understand? Oh, that's how you did it, is it? Yes. You see? By George, that wrecks it. That does it. Playing up to the governor and stealing the bran muffins right off his plate while he trusts... I didn't feel the stubbornness guffins off his plate! Feel the muffin of stubbornness guffins off his plate! His gate! Kate! Kate! Look! When I said I hooked the revenant's roll, I took the shoveling coal! Roll! I didn't mean I actually faded! Faded! You were the ones who said... I... I didn't I didn't I Yes, Mr. Mayor? A friend of mine brought something home last week that I'd like to get for you. Oh? I'd like you to have it for the rest of your life. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, well, gee, thanks a lot, Latrell. What is it? Pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll run gather up my mail, kid, and get my book rolling. I'll see you back home after a while. I'll hurry, dearie. Ah, uh, inside Wistful Vista. I'll blow the lid off of this town and make a million dollars. <laughs> These groceries are heavy. I can hardly carry them. Only bought $40 worth, too. <laughs> I hope I can ring this doorbell with my knee because both hands are... Ah, there. I suppose McGee is up to his neck reading his nasty letters. News too hot for the papers to print, he says. It's a horrible way to write a book. Uh, I had to come to the door. My wife ain't home. Oh! Oh, it's you, kiddo. Take this bag, will you? It's heavy. Okay. Ah, sure. Set him right here on the hall table. I didn't hear you coming up the walk, kiddo. I was... I was just sitting here working on a crossword puzzle. Puzzle? Uh, what about your book? Ah, pata. Who wants to write a book? <laughs> Let the authors do that. No mail, huh? What you mean, no mail? Look over there by the piano, kiddo. Heavenly days, a bag full. Over a bushel of them. Hot tips, dirty cracks, snide remarks... Vicious rumors and some plain truth. Why, there's stuff enough there for six books. But I'm not going to write them. Good for you. No, sir. 
When I realized the misery, the unhappiness, the grief that a nasty book like that would cause, well, I'm just not the kind of a guy to write it, kiddo. Not me. Mother is proud of you. Besides, it wouldn't make a good book anyhow. Too monotonous. All the stuff in all them letters is about the same guy. The same person? Who? Me. <laughs> Light the fire in the fireplace, will you? I got enough trash to burn to heat the house till the next... Fibber and Molly return in a moment. Wherever you see an ordinary nail exposed to outdoor weather, you know what else you'll see. Rust. That's right, rust. On many a new home, you'll see the white clapboard siding all streaked with rust from every nail head, calling for the expensive job of deep-setting and puttying each nail, then painting again. On the farm, too, it's a common story. Nails rusting and pulling loose. Constant repairs. And the solution is really so simple. Keep your workshop stocked with Reynolds Lifetime Aluminum Nails. They come in sizes and types for almost every use. They cannot rust or stain. They drive well, hold firm. Ask your hardware or building supplies dealer for Reynolds Lifetime Aluminum Nails. Look to aluminum for progress. And to the Reynolds Metals Company for progress through aluminum. Ladies and gentlemen, on this inauguration day, 1953, the American people have just welcomed a great man to a great big job. We salute President Eisenhower. I'm sure we speak for all Americans when we say that our minds and our hearts and our prayers are with our new chief and our gracious new first lady. You know, running this country is a big job. Hey, Molly, you suppose I ought to hop on a plane and fly down? No. No, McGee. If he needs you, he'll send for you. Good night. Good night, all. The Reynolds Metals Company, pioneers of progress through aluminum, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Reynolds Aluminum also brings you Mr. Peepers, starring Wally Cox on NBC television Sunday nights. See your local paper for Time and Channel. And don't forget to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. Transcribed. Tonight, play Two for the Money with Herb Schreiner on NBC.